Well, good morning to you. Uh, it's wonderful to be back. And uh, we might put up the f- photo of my family just so I can introduce um, ourselves to you again. It's kind of it's kind of scary as a church planter getting invited back the very next year because you kind of hope that something happened the next time you're invited back. So we we praise the Lord that some stuff is happening, and we just want to inform you about that. This is this is my family. You'll see them. You'll hear them before you see them. I'm sure, uh, but you'll see them around here. Uh, just to introduce them again to some of you who may not know myself. Obviously, Shane in the middle. My wife Luana uh, from Brazil. Uh, she is here at the back. Um, then you have Talitha, and my daughter. She is um, seven or eight. What is she? Eight. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get there because she just had her birthday. Well, December. Okay, so uh, so she's eight. Then we have uh, Simeon, and he is six. And then we have uh, Dahlia, and she's four. Um, So we're delighted uh, to have these kids with us. It's going to be a long day for them. Uh, We are in here uh, this morning, and then we're in Hamilton Road tonight, and everybody's coming with us. And if you're a parent, you know what that's going to be like at the end of the night. So you can pray uh, for us. What do we do? Well, we are uh, church planters in a little town called Passage West uh, in Cork. We are sent out from a church called Douglas Baptist Church. And Douglas Baptist Church decided um, five or, or six years ago that they would seek to plant a church in this town called Passage West. And so that is basically our job with Baptist Missions is to seek uh, to plant that church in that town. And so every Friday, what we've been doing is is this Bible. Study. Now, we praise God for what He is doing. The Bible study come. And so here we are now, a few years later, and the Lord has been just so, so good to us. Um, the group has grown, as you can see. Now, at the moment, uh, there's more um, chairs behind those rows. Uh, we can't fit everybody around the table, which is a good sign. And then we have a kids' club as well uh, after that, which my um, wife uh, leads. It's hard, you know. She uh, minds the kids all week, and then to top the week off, she leads a, a kids' club um, on Friday nights. And you can obviously tell that that would be exhausting. Um, but uh, this is the reality of what we have to do. Everybody needs to uh, pitch in with you. Um, I told you we had just started our monthly service. It was once a month on a Sunday evening. Now, this look, this is the money shot. Uh, this is the shot where everybody comes just to support us. That's not what it looks like in reality. Um, I... I have made a commitment every time I go on deputation that I'll tell you what it's really like. Um, So that is my commitment. When it's going well, I'll tell you. When it's going bad, I will tell you. And so this is the money shot. It doesn't really look like this every month, but we we had only just had our first monthly service uh, the last time we were here. Um, We had it in January. And now, praise the Lord, because we've seen things happening on Friday and we've seen things happening on Sunday... Um, evening once a month. Now we have decided by the grace of God that on March the 8th we will have our first Sunday morning service in Passage West. And that thrills my heart like you do not know. 
Um, people think Passage West started, you know, uh, five, six years ago. It started long before that. A friend of mine um, and I, we, we would go out. Uh, we had a house in Passage West, and we would go out on the streets and share Christ uh, with young men there. And since that moment, I have been praying that the Lord would move in this town. And what a joy it is uh, to see that we are almost there with starting a Sunday morning service. But that doesn't come without its challenges, my friends. Um, we have a spearhead team, what we call a spearhead team, that consisted of, of three um, couples. And one of those couples is leaving. Um, they, have, uh, they are from the States. Um, he is an elderly mother, and they're going to go back to care for her. So we lose one of our team members. And then some of the group in the Bible study um, have decided for different reasons that they may not uh, come to the Sunday uh, morning service, that they will uh, stay in Douglas. So now we're praying, Lord, would you move in people's hearts, that people will continue to support the work and continue. So Friday is looking good. If we had all the Friday numbers, that would be amazing, but we don't know if we will. So it almost feels like we're coming up to March the 8th, and we're starting again. But would you pray with us? Pray that the Lord would move. Pray that the Lord would move in the hearts, especially of those who do not believe, that they might be able to hear his word consistently on a Sunday morning. So how can you help us and, and what can you do? Well, I have, I, have, I have three things just to leave you with, if you would consider for Passage West specifically. Three things. You can join us, pray for us, and support us. So what I mean by join us in, is this. Could you think about visiting us in July and August? So, so listen, ladies, if that guy didn't do anything for Valentine's Day, here's what you do. Start hitting him on the elbow, right? Start hitting him now and tell him, we can go for a weekend to Passage West. That would be good for you. Well, well, I'd advise you not to stay in Passage West because there's nowhere to stay in Passage West, really. Stay in a, a nice, lovely town outside, maybe a nice hotel, and then come on Sunday morning and sing your heart out. That would be such a blessing to us. How many Sundays are in there in July and August? Not many. If a few of you just decided on different Sundays to visit us, uh, that would be amazing. You see, when you have a, a big group like this, a big, a big church like this, and you miss, you know, 50 people, you know, you're, you're kind of sad and you wonder. If, you, if you're in a group of 30 and you're missing 10 on holidays, that, that feels pretty small and discouraging. And then usually on those mornings, someone comes and visits and you're like, it's really not like this. We really have more people, I promise. But um, you can help us out with that. So, so just think about that. Pray about that. Um, maybe some of you could come and visit us. Pray for us. One of the best ways to pray for us, well, I should say with the Baptist Missions hat on, is to do, go to prayer news. And many of you might have signed up for that on your phone, or, or some of you might get that as hard copy. But one of the great ways to pray for us, I think, is by following us on either Facebook or Instagram. Because what you will see is some of the updated photos and things uh, going on and different announcements and you can follow us and as you do that you can pray for us if you see different verses pray that verse uh, 
be a reality for us. If you see different faces, pray for the different faces, even if you don't know them. If you hear little messages, pray um, that those might um, impact on people's uh, hearts. So, so join us, July, August. Pray for us. And the last thing uh, I'll say is consider supporting us. Now listen, here is what we desire in Baptist Missions, that you support and give generously to your church. Give generously to the mission here. Um, Give over and above to the mission here. That is what we seek to do. And then after that, if you as an individual, and I'm sure this church probably supports Baptist missions very well, but after that, if you as an an individual think you can can spare or think there's maybe £10 left at the end of the month, if you think you can maybe um, not have that lunch out that you usually do at your lunch break, instead save that £10 and give it to Baptist missions, we're looking for um, 1,000 new supporters giving £10 a month to the mission of Baptist Missions. And so we just have you consider that. I'm not saying that you have to do that, especially if you're a visitor here, you know, if it's your first time here. um, (laughs) We're not asking for that. But if you love the Lord, if you love mission, if you feel like, look, in my heart, I'm really not giving much to mission, then just consider it. That's all I'd ask you to do. So could you keep praying for Passage West? Can I be honest with you? My wife and I are really anxious right now before March the 8th. We're excited, don't get me wrong. And we're telling people we're excited. You have to do that as leaders, you know. But man, we're nervous. If you could take your Bibles um, and open them to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And this morning we're going to focus on verses 21 to 23. And as you consider uh, these verses with me, I want you to consider for a second um, those big life-changing moments that you have had. And a lot of us have had life-changing moments. Um, One of the biggest life-changing moments for me, can I tell you what it was? One of the biggest life-changing moments for me was the moment I held my first little daughter in my arms. She's the one who will be running around with the sparkly black um, jumpsuit thing and then sparkly pink shoes. She likes sparkles. Um, And so you can see her. But the moment I held her, I knew. I knew life is going to change. How I spend my time is going to change. How I spend my money is going to change. How she spends my money is going to change. Life is going to change. And all of us have experienced those life-changing moments. And if you are a Christian here this morning, if you trust and believe in Jesus, you have had one of the biggest life-changing moments that anybody could ever have on this planet. Because it was the moment that he changed your life. And when he comes into your life, everything changes. And who is he that I am talking about? It is the he that Paul talks about in chapter 1, verse 15. It says this about him. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Who is he? He is the one who is over all of the universe. He is above all things. He is before all things. He is sustaining all things. All things were made by him and for him and through him. This is who he is. He is not only over all of creation, but he is over all of the new creation that is the church. Verse 18, it says, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Who is he? The one by whom and through whom and for whom all things were created. The one who reconciles us to himself. He is Jesus Christ. And when he enters into your life, everything changes. Like a truck hitting you in the face, things are going to change. And when Jesus comes into your life, things change. What does he change in our lives? He changes everything. He changes who we were. He changes who we are, and he changes who we will be. In other words, he changes our past, he changes our present, and he changes our future. And it is glorious. I don't have a very complicated message for you this morning, I'll be honest. All I have for you this morning is Jesus. And he is glorious because he changes everything. He changes your past, and you see this in verse 21. It says this, And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Verse 21, he begins by saying, And you. So from verse 15 down to verse 20, he spends this whole time kind of singing this song about Jesus and about who Jesus is. He spends this whole time proclaiming who Jesus is, and now he turns and flips it to you. If this is who Jesus is, now let me tell you who you are or were. And you. And what was our past like? You know, Everyone in this room have something in common. Whether you're visiting here for the first time or you've been here forever, every single one of us in this room has a past. All of us have a past. Some things we would be delighted with. Some things we are very ashamed of. But every single one of us in here has a past. And as Christians, what these verses are telling us is we had a past. We were once alienated. What that means is we were once strangers. Have you ever walked into a room and and you're a stranger and and it kind of feels kind of awkward because you, you don't really know anyone in the room. And so that's why we're so delighted with our phones because I can do something when I'm awkward. But what this is saying is in this world, We were walking around as strangers with God. 
We didn't know him and he didn't know us, strangers. We were hostile in mind toward God. We hated God. And you say, well, I didn't really hate God, but the realities are what you do will show me what you love. And before we knew him, we were defined by our evil deeds, doing evil deeds. You show me what you do and I'll tell you who you are. If I follow you around for the week, I'll see who you are and I'll see what you love. This is who we were. And for some of you in this room this morning, this mightn't be describing your past. If you're not following after Jesus, this might be your present. Maybe you feel like a stranger with God, alienated from God, turned away from God. And what I would say to you this morning is that no longer needs to be your present. If you turn to Jesus, he will change everything. Your sins can be forgiven this very morning. And what is your present might then be your past. You see, there's a wonderful word in this verse for every Christian, and it is this. It is the word once. You once were alienated. You once were hostile. You once were defined by your evil deeds. Listen to me, Christian, not anymore. That is not who you are anymore because of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Sometimes we keep living in the past. You no longer have to live in that past. Why? Because Jesus has changed your present. Look at what he says in verse 22. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Him. Verse 22, it begins by saying, he has now. Verse 21, this is who you once were. Verse 22, he has now. And what has he now done? He has now reconciled you. Many of us this morning know what it is like to be in a broken relationship. And maybe you're in that broken relationship right now. Broken relationship in your family. A broken relationship with your friends. And maybe, possibly maybe, a broken relationship in this very room. It's possible in church, do you know that? We have broken relationships in this room. I can get away with this because I'm visiting. I don't know. And how will that broken relationship get fixed? If I was to come to you and say, how is that broken relationship that you have with that person, how is that going to get fixed? You might say to me, well, I know how it's going to get fixed. Here's how it's going to get fixed. They need to come to me. And once they come to me... Then we can talk. Once they ask forgiveness to me, then the relationship might be restored. And so the idea behind that is this, that the one who does the wrong is the one that will do the reconciling. That makes human sense, doesn't it? The one who will do the wrong is the one that has to do the reconciling. The amazing thing about the gospel is this, the one who was innocent of all sin, he does the reconciling with us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
Make no mistake about it. You didn't fix your relationship with him. He fixed his relationship with you. He reconciled you to himself. And why did he do that? You know, there's a simple question we can ask, and it is this question. Why did Jesus die? Don't ask that question enough. And there's many ways to answer that question in the scriptures. But one of the ways to answer that question is this very verse. He has reconciled us by the body of his, by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach. He reconciled us to present us. That is why he died. And I love that word, to present. You know, when I finish my day, maybe five o'clock or half five or whatever it is, and I come down from the study upstairs or I come down uh, back home from visiting someone or whatever it may be, I love being greeted by my children. Well, sometimes. Sometimes it's an absolute mess, let's be honest. But sometimes it is absolutely wonderful. Because my little girl, she will come, this, my four-year-old, she actually did it during Valentine's because, you know, they make all this stuff at school. You know, they draw, they do the little colorings, and she made, like, Valentine's cards for me and, and drawings for me. She comes, she grabs my hand, and she says, come on, Daddy, come on, let's, let's go, let's see, as if this is going to be some big surprise. She runs up and she grabs the sheet. And of course, when she grabs the sheet, it's not enough to just show me the sheet. What does she have to do? She has to put it behind her back. And she says, Daddy, Daddy, look. And Daddy knows it's not really that great, is it? But because she presented it, I say, wow. Do you know what's incredible? (laughs) This is an amazing thing. One day, you will stand before your maker And Jesus is going to say, look. And you are going to stand holy, blameless, and above reproach. That has to make your heart say, wow. Because there's something that I do not feel each day. I don't feel holy. I don't feel blameless. I don't feel above reproach. But I praise God that Jesus makes me that way. Isn't that amazing what Jesus does? And, and, and so you see the difference between our past and now our present because we were once alienated, hostile, and defined by doing evil deeds, but now we are holy and blameless and above reproach. So what happened to change these three things to these three things? These three realities of who we were as enemies of God and these three realities of who we are as holy before God. What has changed those three things to these? And it is this, the cross of Jesus Christ. That is the difference. And so if your past has been changed, and if your present has been changed, do you know what that means for you, brothers and sisters? That means for you that your future has to look different. And that's what it says in verse 23. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, 
became a minister. These realities, the past changed, the present changed, and the future changed, these realities are true for you if you continue in him. Stable and steadfast and not shifting. You see, Paul's concern for the church at Colossae is this. There are people coming into the church, false teachers if you want to call them that, you can call them different words if you want, but there's people coming into the church, infiltrating the church, and what they're saying is this, that Jesus is not enough. What you need is something more than Jesus. Jesus is not enough. So essentially what they're doing is this. We have, we have these um, cameras that we carry around with us all the time. We, we call them phones. They're in our, our pockets. And, and we take pictures with these cameras all the time. And, and here's what we started to do with these pictures that we take. The original is not enough for us. We add filters on them, don't we? Maybe to make them look better. We had filters onto all these pictures. And so what's happening at Colossae is this: these false teachers are trying to say, well, you have the original Jesus, but what Jesus needs is you, you need to try and make Jesus look better. So you need to put on these filters. And, and what the filters were was like angel worship. You need to add angel worship to Jesus and make him look better. And you need to add these um, Jewish rituals to make Jesus look better. And what Paul is trying to say to them in this whole song, when he, when he starts from verse 15 down to verse 20, what he's trying to sing to them and say to them is this, that Jesus is enough. All things were made by him, for him, and through him. And he is enough, and you do not need to add on to him. And so therefore, what Paul is trying to do in verse 23 is say to them, keep going in Jesus. Stay steadfast, continue. Stay stable, continue. Do not shift from the hope of the gospel. And so it is possible this morning that some of you are shifting from the gospel. Some of you don't see Jesus as glorious as you used to see him before. Do you remember the day he saved you? Remember how glorious that was? Some of you have forgotten. Do you remember what David said in Psalm 51? Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Lord, create in me a clean heart and restore to me the joy of my salvation. Some of us this morning might need to pray that prayer. And let me tell you, he will. He will restore the joy of your salvation. Continue in him. Because the people Jesus saves are the people that Jesus keeps. And if you do not continue in him, then you were not of him. So keep going in him. It is one of the most discouraging things I've ever seen in my life. When people walk away from Jesus. I'm sure many of you have seen it. And I'm, and I'm afraid some of you are thinking about it. A friend of mine, good friend of mine, one of my best friends at the time. He was considered an evangelist, a good evangelist, an apologist almost. He actually started in the early days in Passage West with me going out to the teenagers. He presented a radio show in Cork, Christian radio show. He presented it. He used to interview people on it. He led worship in our church. He was a, a good singer and a good guitar player. I know you think I'm lying for dramatic effect, but these are the realities. 
He was a good teacher. He was able to teach. He would wipe the floor with any of us here in this room in terms of theology. He knew it all. And we had an accountability relationship together. We would meet regularly enough. He told me 97% of the truth. He kept 3% away from me. Cheated on his wife. Left the church. And left the faith. And what happened to him, I think, is what it says in 1 John. Listen to this. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For they, if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. If they go out from us, they were never of us. Because if they were of us, they would have continued. If you are a Christian this morning, you will continue in Jesus. Because who he saves, he keeps. There's that wonderful hymn, isn't there? Um, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And what I want you to pay attention to with that song is the way that it is sung. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Do you hear what he's saying? Christ is the solid rock on which we stand. Listen to me. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. We are called to lean on Jesus this morning. Continue in him. Because my brothers and sisters, he has changed our past. He has changed our present. And he will change our future when one day we will stand before him. No more tears. Sin will be done. And I cannot wait for that day because I am sick and tired of my sin. And I praise God that he has dealt with it in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you um, for your wonderful and glorious gospel. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you will enable us to be those who continue in the faith, pressing on. Lord, I pray uh, that for any of those here who are waning in their faith, considering of turning away from you, Lord, I pray, keep them. Keep them walking in you and encouraged in you. Lord, I pray for the witness of this church. I pray for the witness in Passage West. Lord, that we might continually sing your praises until you call us home. Amen.